0: All right, it's DT Systems, dog-tested and dog-tough. You know, we like that dog in them, baby. We've been using the H2O 1820. Over the last several months, we've been playing with this unit. Our friends at Standing Stone Kennels, Ethan and Kat, they've been using it for years, and we've been playing with it. We really like it. I think for the dog trainer, the hunter, and the guy or gal who's training their dog to get ready for duck season, we'll really enjoy the 1820. Super reliable, super consistent, great unit for you and your dogs. H2O 1820 dog tested dog tup. hashtag man's best kennel baby that's gunner kennels man let's talk about these crates because when sh- it hits the fan you want your dog protected it's an investment emotionally and financially to keep your hunting buddy safe if you'd like to get into a gunner kennel slide into the dms and we'll hook you up but do your best friend a favor and keep them safe this duck season all right our number one asked question is revolving around force fetch whether your dog drops the bumper or duck at the edge of the water or you failed a few hunt tests because the dog monkeys with the birds or won't pick up a bird let me help you help your dog bunch of different breeds bunch of different personalities start to finish teaching you how to do it links in the description What's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of Lone Ducks, Gun Dog Chronicles. We got my buddy KD Matthews back on the line. He's actually here on a road trip. So he drove from Florida, he's heading to Pennsylvania, and so he swung into Charleston, South Carolina to do a little training, a little podcasting, and a little bit of preview of Canine Street League, which will be the weekend of February 19th. He and I are both commentating the exciting event so we're going to talk about that and dive more into the wide world of protection dog training and who knows what else we're going to get into so but you know what we got to do first we got to get into that hey you canuba baby the food that fuels the truck of lone duck 30-20 3020 20 feeds our adult dogs. Puppy blend is what we feed our dogs from 0 to 12 months. Um, next up, Gunner Kennels. Man's best kennel. If I'm rolling down the road and shh, it hits the fan, I want my dog to be protected. And there's no better way to do it than in a Gunner Kennel. Made in America. A company that stands by their product. A company that understands the unspoken bond no better shoot us a dm if you want to get into a gunner kennel next up dogtra i've used dogtra products for i don't know 10 12 years now and all i can say is quality 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 and customer service customer service customer service there's nothing better you can check out dogtra at lone duck outfitters.com you can get yourself a edge rt you can get yourself a 1900s um Excellent, excellent units, bark collars, whatever you need, they got it, baby. Next up, shooter shoot, or shoot. Mm, bismuth hits them hard. Rolling ducks, folding ducks like laundry, quacker stacker, all of the above. Any euphemism, any funny ways we like to stack them like cordwood. That mm, bismuth. Is getting the job done, baby. Kent Cartridge on Instagram. Give him a follow, and when you see a picture of Bismuth, just write in the comment. Mm, they'll know you. We sent you. Next up, smoke 'em if you got 'em. That Traeger grills. We're rolling coal here. We're rolling that pellet grill, smoking meat. Remember, smoke 'em if you got 'em. Traeger grills. And lastly, our Patreon patrons all right this is where a community of our podcast listeners of our instagram listeners who love learning who love having a a beer ski with us live a couple times a week we've had a winner do a all expenses paid trip to the eastern shore of maryland to duck hunt with us we answer your questions, we watch your videos, we do online tutorials, we've got never-before-seen videos, you name it, it's on our patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitter. So join the community, we appreciate you a ton. You guys are our biggest sponsors, our biggest supporters, and it's it's been a really fun community to, to watch grow and communicate with so jump on there if you enjoy the show if you enjoy the questions we answer on instagram patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters baby all right kd let's do a a three minute quick recap my friend on who you are what you do and then we'll get into some canine street league that
1: sounds like a good plan bob i'm kd matthews i'm the Owner, founder, you name it, of Socratic canine. Uh, been training dogs for years. What, 1994? Got my first dog? Getting old. Got a couple gray hairs in the stash. And now what I do is I specialize in training not the dogs, but the dog owners. Because, folks, you're the ones that live with your dogs, not me. So what I've done is I've gone ahead and specialized in helping dog owners understand their dog, talk to their dog, and train their dog. And that's what I do. Socratic canine. Well, the other thing I do is take fun road trips and hang out with Big Bad Bob Owens in Charleston, South Carolina. This is my first time in Charleston, to be honest with you.
0: No way. Well, welcome, buddy. It's a beautiful place to come and visit. We sure had uh, a couple beer skis at low tide Brewing Company. Shout out low tide one of my favorite stomping grounds down here um, grabbed some chicken fats from uh their food cart or whatever you call it and now we're podcasting baby
1: well there there was some bur- there was there was some bourbon in between all of that uh that was actually a really good bourbon you you handed me i'm I'm not complaining and it's going to fuel the fire of this lovely conversation we're about to have.
0: I dig it, man. I dig it. Yeah, I'm really excited. So let's give a a brief rundown. Maybe you guys have seen it on my Instagram, but um, our good friend Mike Jones, who's been on our podcast from Primal Canine, him and his team have developed this rogue, innovative, new-aged, personal protection dog competition called Canine Street League. And if I had to give you an analogy in our world in the Retriever game, it would be the Super Retriever series. So the Super Retriever series takes hunt tests. It takes field trials. It takes hunt savvy, you know, realism, real hunting scenarios, duck boats and crippled birds swimming away and ten birds landing in the decoys and one that sails off. Duck calling, shooting, and then the next series you got to run a a field trial, and the next series you got to do an HRC setup, and all sorts of craziness. And they've got a new point system, and they've got all sorts of innovative things that aren't AKC, HRC, NARA, or field trials. It's combined all these things and made this crazy cool melting pot for the Retriever game. Well, Mike and his team have developed Canine Street League for protection dogs and bite dogs so kd you were at the first one yep numero uno and you commentated it do me a favor and walk people through what they're going to see february 19th weekend with canine street league what is it going to look like what are some scenarios what kind of breeds? Just let's go for it. Let's go
1: for it. All right, man. Going to see a lot. And having been in, in my years to numerous different trials, I've participated, i have handled at trials of different dog sports, this is different. And it, it's not different in the sense that, you know, we're reinventing the wheel no, there, there's a certain level of production value. There's a certain level of real consideration to the entire concept of a trial. And that's something that I'm sure your folks and your listeners and your field of expertise can relate to. You know, you, you, you got the field trials, you got the hunt tests, right? You know, it's something that's put together, there are scenarios. There's a system in place, right? Well, what Mike has done is Canine Street League has those essential elements like, you know, you go to a venue, you got rules, you got scenarios, but they, they took every aspect of a trial and they just went above and beyond in all of that. So the first thing a spectator is going to see is you're going to pull in. You're going to feel like you're at a sporting event. Like like you're going to a football game or, you know, you're going to a baseball game. This, the, this next trial in particular, the venue that it's at, it's on a sporting field, right? It's a, it's a big facility. So whether you're a spectator or whether you're a handler or whether you're one of the our incredibly talented decoys... When you pull up, you, you feel like you're pulling up to something, man. You know you're at something important. You know you're at something exciting. I think exciting is a better word than important because the adrenaline starts pumping the minute you pull in and you start seeing all the vendors. You start seeing all the food trucks. You start seeing all the, the clubs because with protection sports and, and this is my ignorance because I'm, I'm just learning your world in the world of protection sports pre- people predominantly train in a club right so you got a group of folks in your your geographic region you get together a couple days a week you've got a a coordinator training director you got several decoys well there's a there, there's a high level of camaraderie that comes along with that so you got these clubs And they travel around to go to various sports, various events. Well, what canine street league has done is they've created an environment where that club atmosphere, that camaraderie, that, that family network is rewarded, is encouraged. So the minute you pull in, you're going to see a bunch of tents set up. You're going to see signs. You're going to see big, like people bring their billboards and flags. Again, you you feel like you're at a professional sporting event. And you pull in, you are. are. Yes, you are. And because that's another thing that's different is what Mike wanted to do is truly honor and respect all the participants in these activities. Because now this is just like what you do. You guys dedicate an an immeasurable, not incredible, an immeasurable amount of time into your craft. You're out there all... I've seen... I mean, I've visited you, Bob, up in New York. You know, you dedicate tons of time. You're up at the crack of dawn. You're you're going home after dark to help these dogs, to help these handlers. Well, the same thing goes into protection sports, anything you're doing with a dog. And the decoys, the people who are putting on these suits in, you know, 9,500 degree weather in the summertime working these dogs, getting dehydrated, risking personal safety, health. Well, Cayman Street League wanted to reward that, wanted to acknowledge that. I think acknowledge is a better word. Wanted to acknowledge that. Our decoys are treated like the professional craftsmen that they are. And our handlers are treated like the people who dedicate all that time to this craft that they do. So you pull in... You're going to have, as of last week, we had over 30 entries, which is a big deal in this type of event, 30 handlers and dogs. We got decoys flying in from all over the country to test these dogs. And and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. What do I mean by test? Um, You know, you're going to pull in, you're going to feel like you're at, professional sporting event because you are, and I'm going to be there, you you know, you're going to be there, and what I'll be doing, my job as the commentator is to explain to everyone viewing, people viewing live, people viewing after the fact, what's going on, what's going on in these scenarios, we're going to have two phases to the trial, this is going to be the entry level, so there's various levels, there's entry level, one, two, three, Right now, we're only running entry-level scenarios, so everyone competing is going in the same rule set, and the scenarios are crafted in two phases: obedience and then protection, where the dogs get to bite people. You know what I mean? The fun, yeah. and that's a, some people. Think, yeah, that's the fun yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. talk dirty to me, baby. Oh, dirty,
1: dirty. <laughs> and <clears throat> go ahead.
0: So I got to watch some of the first one, and you were commentating live, and I would tune in throughout the day to see the different scenarios, right? So what are some common, if not like routine that I would say, like like again to try and parlay so everybody understands from the Super Retriever series, which would be my biggest analogy would be, we have a field trial, really long marks, white coat set up, you know, tough, 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 tough marks. And then the second series would be a hunt test series, which is more what I'm comfortable with. Um, You know, what are some, what is round one? I don't know what they're going to call them. Are they going to call them series? Are they going to call them sections? Are they going to call them
1: levels? So they call them levels. So this is entry level. So the entry level is, you got, and all of the levels are going to have two phases, right? Obedience and protection. Obedience is going to be where you start out with, where your dog has to perform basic obedience behaviors. Now, I use the word basic, and I've been pretty outspoken in my own field about this, and The words that we use, you know, basic. Well, there's no really such thing as basic and advanced. Obedience is obedience. Your dog either does what they're supposed to do or they don't. What changes are the environmental conditions that you need these dogs to do these things in. What things? Come when called. Hold a stationary static position like a down. Heal, you know, walk around on whatever side you designate, right? Those are the fundamental things, fundamental behaviors. Well, what changes is what's going on around you and your dog while you're doing it.
0: Right, you can, you know, in basics, you can do it in your backyard. It's a quintessential example. My dog walks perfectly great and sits perfectly great in my backyard, but when I take it to the you know, dog park area, it doesn't do any of that. It, the excitement level, the environmentals overwhelm the dog and they just can't comprehend their obedience. So these dogs in the Canine Street League are going to have to have extreme stimulus, stimuli, some may say, and still uphold a high standard of obedience.
1: Yes, and I got to say... In the entry level, it ain't no joke, Bob. Like, I was reading the rules prior prior to the last trial, and then I was there, and I'm watching it. And the healing isn't too crazy. You got to heal around a bunch of people. That's pretty standard. That's status quo, right? When we talk about bite sports, that's status quo. Obedience. You got to heal, do a figure eight pattern around a group of people, right? No big deal. Hold it down while people are moving around. All right, no big deal. I will say this. The, the recall, <laughs> What I've, ne- I've never seen this before. I haven't seen a lot of what they do in street league before. You have to down your dog, and then you walk about maybe 50 yards in front of the dog. And you got a line of decoys, guys and and gals. We got some amazing men and women out there in the suits. And what they're going to do is they're going to line up in between you and your dog. So technically, your dog can't even see you because there's a line of decoys in between you and the dog. The dog is in a down. As soon as you recall your dog, those decoys synchronized move to either their left or their right. So what they're going to do is they're going to create an alleyway for the dog to run in a straight line to you. Now, the minute you recall that dog is looking and all it sees is a line of decoys.
0: Let me, let me stop you right there. So these dogs are trained And fired up level 10 to bite the dude in a suit. Like, the one thing they want the most is to bite one of those sons of guns. And so what you're asking them to do is come to you perfectly on a straight line without blinking an eye and not bite anybody that they already know that they can because they're in a suit and, like, this is what they're made for and this is what you've taught them to do. And so to me, let's parlay this in what we do. That's like putting a duck here, a duck there, a duck here, a duck there, and saying here, and they have to leave that duck alone and run to me without touching a duck or throwing bumpers left and right and saying here. And so you're able to call a dog off of the thing they want the most, a retrieve, and say, come to me. Leave those things alone. I didn't tell you to do that. I need you to come to me. And so if I had, you know, the analogy again is our dogs want to retrieve a duck. And if there's a flippity-floppity live duck flopping around, and it is the most exciting thing in the world, just like these decoys are to this dog, they have to say, no, he said here, I better go to him. And so that is an incredible amount of control
1: the key there is the flippity floppity it's not bumpers on the ground right it's it's winged birds in the air hitting the ground as the dog is moving and those little details matter and you know this in your field like right? there's a difference between bumpers on the ground and a and a bunch of bird boys throwing birds you know what i mean like it, Those are two very different things. Yeah. And these decoys are stationary. They're static until you give the recall. And then when you give the recall, they all move. And in trial number one, you know, we saw some dogs make some mistakes. (sighs) I can't recall if anybody bit. I do know that some of the dogs broke the straight recall ran up to some decoys and at the very least gave him a little sniffy sniffy, and and came through. I, I if a dog bit, they might have. I just I can't remember because I was just so in awe of. I've never seen a recall like this. I've been to a bunch of different trials and a bunch of different sports. I've been doing this for years. I'd never seen a recall that challenging, especially in the entry level. We're not even at the ones. <laughs> And there were some that, of course, nailed it. Um, there's one trainer, <coughs> the head trainer from South Bay, Mellon, was, was a psych, you know, he, he's a, a seasoned veteran. He was out there with his duchy. And, I mean, that dog just did a beeline straight for him. I mean, you, you, can, you can see the folks who, you know, the amount of work they've put in. And, and, you, know, I, you know, I shouldn't even say it because everyone's putting in a lot of work, but the experience comes in how did you do that work? I mean, we can all work our butts off. You know, that old adage practice makes perfect. Well, no, it doesn't perfect practice makes perfect. So these trials are where the handlers, the training decoys get to see the fruits of their labor and they get to see their areas where they got to go back and work on which is why trial number two is going to be so exciting because we're going to see a lot of the people who are at trial number one and they're going to come out ready to go because they already did it. They already saw it. They're going to be like, listen, we're we're here for round number two. We're going to get this. And there were some amazing, amazing dogs there. Um, I remember one Malinois in particular was crushing every exercise But she didn't make it to number one because when we got to the bite scenarios, which we're going to talk about now, you know, there was a hole in the game and the decoy's job, a good segue here, right? What's the job of the decoy? Job of the decoy at a trial. Describe
0: exactly what a decoy is. All right, so a decoy is going to be
1: that man or woman, wearing a bike suit, they are the ones who are supposed to get bit. They're the bad guys and gals, right? They're they're the enemies. They're the robbers, the thieves, the home invasion perpetrators. They are everything in the real world brought into this training scenario. And there's a trial decoy, and then you have a training decoy. And they have different jobs. The training decoy is the person wearing the suit, just like I said, at the club, building the dog. Their job is to be the sparring partner for that dog, right? You know, you think about, you know, I have a background in combat sports, did Brazilian jiu-jitsu for years, fought in tournaments, and, you know, I had my sparring partners, you know, the, the the folks at my school, at my academy, at my training club, if we were talking about dogs, right? And I spar with them. Their job is to help me become a better fighter. Not to hurt me, not to injure me, not to crush my spirit, but to help me become better, to help me become stronger. That's what a, a training decoy is. Their job is to build that dog. Build the dog's confidence, While at the same time, building the dog's technical skill to be successful. Well, be successful at what? At beating the human in combat. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, folks. You know, we're we're talking about a dog having to engage a human in violent combat. So the training decoy, their job is to build that dog up, not to break them down. In training. In training. So on trial day, trial. <laughs> you know, now you can, for you folks, you know, you got to make sure you go file uh, follow K9 Street League you know, on Instagram, and that's all you got to type in, K9 Street League. Um, I have been doing a series of interviews with our decoys, doing decoy profiles. And one of the questions I ask every one of the decoys, and it's on the Instagram, so go check it out. It's a good time. You'll learn a lot. Is I ask them, what's the difference in your mindset when you're home at your club building dogs compared to the mindset you're going to be in on February 19th in Gilroy, Northern California at this trial? Because it's a different mindset. So what is the difference well, the one thing that is the same, and I have to start there, Bob, safety. They care m- more about that dog's safety than anything else. And every single one of our decoys, that's the first thing they say, well, I mean, I got to make sure the dog is safe because, you know, that dog is coming at you. He's going to bite you. A lot of times the dog is going to be flying through the air. It's pretty magnificent i'm excited to be there with you bob because i want to see your face when you see this right because i'm used to it (laughs) but i i want to see you when you see it and i mean some of these dogs they are they're launching from 20 30 feet away into the air to grab that decoy so the decoy's number one priority whether he's at home training or he's at a trial is to catch we call it catching catching the dog because the dog's in the air you got to catch that dog safely so he, we decrease the chance of injury. Well, after that, it ain't fun and games anymore. In the trial, the decoy's job is to expose any weakness in the dog as permitted by the rules. And what I mean by that is entry level is that. It is entry level. And I know I just got done talking about how challenging some of that obedience is. But the pressure they put on the dog, meaning how much opposition in the fight do they bring, it's appropriate to the level. So at an entry level, they're only going to put so much pressure on the dog. When we get to the ones and twos, They're going to put more on. So the decoys are highly trained and it's consistent across all decoys. How much pressure do we put on this dog according to the rule set? And their job is to expose any weakness, any flaws in that dog's training, in that dog's mindset to see if he will or she will continue through that scenario And continue to engage, so they got to bite, and then they got to engage in a fight, and then, we haven't even gotten to this yet, Bob, then they got to let go, when they're told to let go. Right, right. And that's what the, the trial decoy, their job is, is to test that dog, to test that dog and that handler team in their training.
0: So how is this going to be judged? Who are the judges, and how is this judged per scenario? And what are some of the scenarios that they're going to put in? So we already talked about coming when called through, you know, the string of decoys. We're talking about maybe a scenario where they steal somebody's purse, and the dog's got to chase them down and and engage in a bite, and you know, subdue the what is it, uh, the perpetrator, subdue the perpetrator, <laughs> right? Um, but what are some scenarios, and then how is it judged, and who are the judges? <clears throat> so,
1: the judge, pretty sure. I mean, the last shot was Oscar Mora, one of the key collaborators in all of this from, um, you know, Out is very successful trainer, Decoy, background assistant, and other suit sports, he's on the field with his clipboard and he's watching everything that's taking place, right? So in the obedience, we're looking for things like, you know, did the dog bite a decoy when they weren't supposed to? Did they break a position? You know. Um,
0: Is it on a 1 to 10? Is it start at 10 and work down? Off the top of my head, I, I don't recall how the points are going? Um, yeah, we'll re, we'll revisit that when we're at and commentating. We'll we'll be dialed in there, but that's okay.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know what they're looking at is they're going to be taking away points. Okay. Right. So your dog is forging in the heel, meaning they're they're too far in front of you. Or the dog is breaking out of a down position. They break the down. I mean, you're losing massive chunks of points. The dog bit a decoy when they're not supposed to. You're probably going to get DQ'd, to be honest with you. Um, But then when we get to the bite scenarios, so an entry level, we got a bag snatch. And the idea is to recreate real life things that could happen. So let's say you're taking the family to a picnic and you go to the car and you grab your cooler, you grab your speakers, whatever it is you got, and you bring it out to a picnic table. And then there's going to be a stranger who comes up. Hey, how you doing? What you got in that bag? What you got going on there? And you're like, I'm here with my family. Thank you for your attention. Have a nice day. And then you go back, you walk away. You go back to your car, you get some more stuff, you put it on the table. Well, the decoy at one point is going to grab some of your stuff off that table and take off. And the dog is supposed to recognize that as an inappropriate behavior and go grab that decoy. So does the the dog engage? Yep. Dang. Yep. He's got to interpret Is this appropriate or inappropriate? And the judge is looking to dog, do what it's supposed to do. And a big part of that is when you then out your dog, you tell your dog to let go. That dog better let go. The dog doesn't let go. Points are getting deducted for every repeated commit. You know, if you have to repeat your commands, you're losing points. So, You know, we're talking, a a lot of what we talked about is emphasis on the the training of the dog, right? Well, having competed myself, let me tell you, there's a lot to be said about handler experience. I got dq the first time I ever went out on a trial field because I didn't understand the rules well enough myself and I made mistakes. Your seasoned competitors know when to give a repeat command, when not to based on the point structure right, and knowing their dog. Um, another scenario is, this one's pretty common in bite sports, is going to be what they call a courage test. And that's going to be a bad guy is out, he comes up, he accosts you, talks crap to you, walks away, and then he's going to r- turn around and run at you in a hostile, aggressive way, running straight at you. And you got to send your dog at that hostile, aggressive person coming at you. Courage mean mugging. test. Mugging. Yep. With intention, coming at you. Yeah. Now, my favorite, if you guys go ahead and, you know, you go over and you watch the interviews over on K9 Street League on Instagram, you know. I'm asking the decoys what their favorite is. I'm also telling them what my everybody knows what my favorite is. the carjacking. All right. Now, carjacking scenarios are nothing new. And your suit-oriented sports, what I mean is sports that involve a bite suit, because there are some sports that they only wear a sleeve, and there are some suits where they wear an entire suit. The dog can bite anywhere on the human body. In a lot of the North American, in particular, suit sports, carjackings are common. And typically what happens is this, and this is why Canine Street League is different. It's why I'm part of this organization. Typically, a carjacking is you're in a vehicle on the field with your dog. You're in the car with your dog. A ba- uh, the decoy comes up and he'll typically start out by hey how you doing buddy that's a nice car you got oh look at that dog You got ten dollars you know they're, they're talking smack or whatever well in a lot of the sports the whole time that's happening you can hype your dog up you can pat him on the rump. watch him who's that look at that bad guy You know, whatever it is you say to your dog. And the dogs are so pattern trained. They're like, oh, I'm going to get to bite this person. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I better get ready.
1: So the dogs are typically hanging out of the window the whole time. They're frothing at the mouth. And then the decoy comes up. He Now he's going to jack it, right? right? So he reaches into the car. He doesn't even get in the car. The dog's already hanging halfway out the window. He knows what's going on. He's been doing this in training for six months. Street League, (laughs) these these sons of guns, a.k.a. Mike Jones, they did it different. So you're going to get in a car and you're going to drive the car across the field. You're actually going to move the car. Then you're going to get out of the car and walk away.
0: Oh, thanks. the dog.
1: <laughs> you got it, Bob. That dog is now in the vehicle by Has himself. To make a decision. Now you can give the dog a command when you leave, like watch. Yeah, yeah, you know. Then the decoy is going to walk up to that car in any way he sees fit. He isn't going to be screaming and yelling because let's face it. In the real world, bad guys don't scream and yell. They don't. You know, unfortunately, I, I've seen violent crime take place. It don't look like that. It's some guy coming up, pretend to be friendly. Your body. Yeah. Well, this bad guy is going to walk up to the car as nonchalant as, as he can be. And he's going to open that car door and he's going to sit in the car. Yep. And this scenario is judged based on if that decoy can drive that car, you are disqualified. Yeah, that, well, you got to think about it like this too. A lot of bite scenarios, you know, there's a lot of safety that comes into play here to make sure the dog is safe, but also to make sure the decoy is safe. They're going to catch him a certain way. The dogs are targeted to legs or biceps. You can't do that in a carjacking. No, not at all. He's going to open the door, he's going to get in, he's going to sit down. That dog is loose in the car, Bob. This is why there's so much emphasis on finally treating these men and women in these suits like the craftsmen and women that they are, like the professional athletes that they are, because they're putting their physical safety on the line, and they have to have a certain level of skill and talent and cojones to get in there and do this, because when they sit in that car, they have to protect themselves while at the same time being fair to the dog to make sure if that dog is going to bite that they safely... Receive that bite in an appropriate manner. Provide the appropriate level of opposition and fighting back for an entry level scenario for that carjacking. Yeah. That's what. You know, it's no secret why I like the carjacking in Canine Street League, Bob. It's cool. And some of the dogs didn't bite. We had dogs who were crushing it all trial, and they were so confused by the scenario they just they just didn't
0: bite. Yeah.
1: And then there were some others.
0: Were they barking and and apprehending, if you will, but just wouldn't engage?
1: No, the ones who didn't
0: bite typically were just
1: straight up confused. Gotcha. Like, what am I, like, I don't get it. The dog was just like, are you my buddy? Hadn't seen it. Well, you would think that, but most of the folks trained it. But it's different. I mean, I'm sure you can run a dog in a pond all day long in your backyard, and you go to a different pond with a different... Shoreline and different marks and different scenarios and and different mistakes. Yeah, they make. uh,
0: That's not exactly like I saw it. That's right. That's exactly a great analogy. I'm trying, Bob. (laughs) I'm trying. No, you did a phenomenal job. No, it's exactly. That's why it's so important to go to different fields and different ponds and different cover and and train our dogs everywhere so that when you take them to a new scenario, they're like, "Eh, I'm not fully certain, but I've seen something like this. Um, That's super cool. Dude, KD, I cannot tell you how excited I am to co-commentate. You're going to walk me through this. I'm going to be the uh, novice, and novice means you at least have some understanding. I have... No understanding what I'm seeing. I just know I love dog training and dog behavior and I love athleticism and I love watching dogs do what they were bred to do and folks who train them to the elite level so it it is the weekend of February nineteenth it is k nine k as in kevin, kangaroo who's not on the Kevin and kangaroo who's not on the podcast kevin k nine the number nine. Street League. K9 Street League on Instagram. You can follow Primal K9 on Instagram and Mike Jones on Instagram. And you can follow my man, K.D. Matthews. K.D. Matthews, yes. Yeah, K.D. Matthews on the old Instagrams for more dog training, more bite dog, more specialty work in that world that super, super intrigues me. And And I promise you, you're going to see more from us when we're there co-commentating, both me and Katie on our Instagrams, at Lone Duck and?
1: KD Matthews. That's
0: your? (laughs) Exactly. And then K9 Street League. So stay tuned for that. Uh, This is going to be a very special time, and we're really, really excited to bring it to you. So, Katie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming to Charleston. I'm excited to do a little more dog work with you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks for having me, Bob. It's always a good time. This is, this is what it's all about, bud. This is what it's all about. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the flip side hey join our community if you enjoy the show if you enjoy our youtube if you enjoy instagram it's like buying me and kevin a beer join patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters the link is in the description click that link join the community we've got tons of great videos tons of great content and you can ask me more questions so join it enjoy it we did it for you and you're helping us produce a show so thank you so much to that community get in get out let's roll patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters We'll